0: The following podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes in HBO's Game of Thrones and all published books in George R.R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series.
1: <laughs> did, did you did you mention that Amber Amber loved the wine and the Cersei?
2: <laughs> 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 but I know what he's referencing.
0: Welcome to the Vassals of King's Grave, Dragoncast Edition. We are back this week to review the 10th and final episode of Game of Thrones Season 6, The Winds of Winter, directed by Miguel Sapochnik, written by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. My name is Zach, also known as Alias on the forums, and joining me for this review we have...
1: Uh, Adam in real life, John still on the forums. Also, I'm really high on painkillers. This is Steven, SJ Lee on the
3: forums. This is Paul, and I go by as Pod's Plight on the forums.
4: Uh, This is Drew, a.k.a. Wargasm, on the forums. This is Matt Varley on the forums. This
5: is Greg, Claudius the Fool, on the forums.
6: This is Casey, Blue-Eyed Queen, on the forums.
4: This is
7: Small Paul, Sir Dinnerall, on the forums.
8: This is Katie, Lady Griffin, on the
7: forums. This is
0: Jeff,
9: Jeff Jeff14, on the forums.
0: And that's it. That is all the peeps we got for this podcast. A ton, as usual. That's the way that we do it here at DragonCast. So yeah, we're going to get into this last episode. A lot, a lot to discuss, for sure. In the winds of winter, a lot happened, a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of crazy, wacky, off-the-wall stuff. But first, we have to talk about how we felt about it, starting with you. Adam, how would you rate this episode? The final one.
10: How many vikings? Um,
1: it would be like five crushed vikings in some sort of alcoholic beverage. And oh, okay. out of just... 5.5.
5: I picture you in a full uh. body cast, laying down with just like
10: your eyes stuck out of a. Uh, <laughs> There's a sippy, c- a cup with a straw, like attached to his mouth. I, you the, you got the mic it hanging sounds more down. Like a
1: needles in his arm. <laughs> no, it's ice cream. <laughs> they had to take my <laughs> consoles. Is it <laughs> ethical to be recording with yeah, him? This back might back. not be a good idea. <laughs> no, this
0: is good. I I appreciate Adam's devotion to, to the podcast. Oh,
1: I'll probably be asleep in t- twenty minutes. Will the lead-in
0: just be all the things Adam says while <laughs> yeah. high on his meds? You, ma- you made the cut, though, Adam. You you Matt <laughs> yeah. you Matt and Katie are the three who made it to. Everyone.
1: It's like Cal Ripken Jr. You know, starting an inning and then you know taking the day off. You know, <laughs> keep the streak going. Yep. But yeah, it was a really good episode, despite you know the the bad time management. So there you go. And Steven, what did you think? I'd give it a four point five out of five. I really enjoyed
11: this episode. I thought it was fantastic. Any of the little nitpicks gets swept aside by the really excellent content that was in the episode. I, I know there have been complaints about the the length, but I think it's just a simple matter of because they did number nine the way they did anything pushed into that episode would have been forgotten and left aside so i think they did a good job of concluding everything kind of all at once
0: mm-hmm. that's reasonable and paul
3: i give it a five minor quibbles with how things played in the north but so beautifully directed and scored it was uh, very well done one of the best episodes they've ever done there you have it
0: and drew your first dragon cast what is your first time reading yeah.
4: Uh, that will round me out to two point five because I still haven't changed. my – I, I have this little thing called standards in writing and I, expectations, and I just I don't know. I every time that I Cute. I got yeah, to a TV point. I know child. <laughs> it's that was a my pro- if, I, if if I didn't burden myself with that, I I visually and everything it was beautiful. Like there there were parts in this that were great where I was I was behind it, but I, I don't know. There, there's so many of it. Much of it fell down for me that I I just I I couldn't give it more than halfway up the rating. I basically gave it points for every point that you know for everything that it did right, and then I took away for everything. And it had Dorn in it, so it was kind of doomed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I mean I've
0: fair. read plenty of good arguments about why this episode. Kind of dropped the ball in a lot of ways, and I'll be curious to see what you what you make of that and what you think was were the reasons why it didn't succeed in those areas. But yeah, Matt, what what did you think?
10: Guys, five out of five. I mean, Bada-bing. just uh, I mean, it, it, right out of the gate, we got the direwolf back in the Winterfell set in the title sequence. Like, yes, <laughs> like the uh, the whole time, like I was saying earlier, like the first time I was like fist pumping during viewing and then like the second viewing i was like oh my god this is really really fucking sad and then i paid more attention to the score on the second viewing and the score is just like haunting so mm-hmm. yeah it's great we'll get
1: into it more but i loved it sadly there was a, the dire wolf is there but then there's no actual direwolf in the episode
5: <laughs> yeah <I> completely <laughs> no, forgot you about can't have ghost. <laughs> ghost is supposed to be it's be there
10: right no. ghost is that castle black going when am i getting fucking fed like these guys have been all... I'm sure Dude,
5: Dolores, Dolores is feeding me. Dolores? Yeah, Dolores. Dolores, correct? Oh, right. Dolores! Yeah, Dolores,
9: Dolores.
5: yeah I loved it. I'll give it a five also. For any little nitpicks I had, there were a couple, but just the, like Matt said, the fist-pumping, and like I was so into the episode, and not just because it was uncharted territory, but it actually, like getting the King of the North stuff at the end, I didn't see that coming at all. That's not where I think it's going in the books, and just to get it was... I mean, I really loved it, and... Manderly gets all the lemon cakes so, i mean even if it was a shit episode we still had wyman manderley and uh it was a Frey pie and you yeah. get the Frey pie i get, I get all this like oh, s- yeah. they gave a lot of um like uh, fan it fan you know, they gave the fans a lot of stuff that probably isn't going to happen in the show in the books but i, I loved it
10: and, yeah uh, because yeah, Manderly sandwich. and Frey pies already happened in the books <laughs> yeah. no but just
5: like Arya cutting <laughs> all the Frey's neck i mean that's like our dream but who knows and <clears throat> yeah. Dorm was not as terrible as it could have been, so
4: that's that's, that, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, because Elena made him, yeah. him shut up. Yes, right. she did what we wanted them to do. <laughs>
0: even even beyond the the fan call out moments, there were a lot of meta moments like that too, where it felt like the characters were, were doing stuff yeah. that the the audience wanted. Casey, what did you think?
6: um I gave it like a four point eight. I really love this episode, especially the music and like. What everybody else was saying a lot of fan service stuff and a lot of reveals um but um it's just the Sansa stuff that bothers me as everybody knows <laughs> so we'll get into it later but yeah uh,
0: small, small paw, what did you think
7: I gave it a 4.8 out of 5 uh once because everyone knows that I'll never give D&D a 5 out of 5 but I really love this episode uh wildfire explosions I could fall asleep to those that's
2: weird
7: yeah it is i'm the mad king basically uh (laughs) wildfire's so hot right now it's so hot (laughs) but um essentially what i really liked was uh just seeing the northern lords and liana mormont being the little badass as per usual uh yeah it was all in all just a really great episode very cool katie what did you
2: think
8: Um, I'll give it a five. It's the first episode in many a season that I've actually stayed up to rewatch again after, Mm. what is it? Uh, Veep (laughs) came on. Uh, yeah, it's, it it was just, it was a fun episode. It was a good episode and compelling. And I thought the first 25 minutes, even though I had some reservations were absolutely masterful and suspenseful and emotional, even though we lost beautiful Natalie Dormer that (laughs) I almost wanted to take a point off of that. Um, Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah. We also but, uh, lost the High Septon, so it evens it and
8: out. And Loras, that was... Yeah, I almost wanted to take a point off of the gratuitous carving of Loras for it. I didn't enjoy that. Um, other than that, yeah, I actually don't have that many nitpicks and complaints. I guess my biggest nitpick is I feel like this episode, despite how awesome it is, kind of cements, for me, the feeling that the actors just aren't having fun anymore. Especially, I thought Davos was really terrible in this episode in a really weird way. And it, it, part of it, I feel like they're not their character moments are so few and far between it's like they're going episodes just delivering plot information to the point that when we get these character moments they just feel weird and uninvolved but i guess we'll talk about that later so it's
0: it's interesting because i think liam cunningham the actor who plays davos is one of the he feels like to like one of the people that's most into the show of the actors but yeah we'll get we'll get to that for sure jeff you want to you want to round us out here
9: Sure, um, I think I have to give it a 5, because um, whenever Geralt makes an appearance, it's awesome. And then... Yeah. The other wait, way, wait who made I
5: an appearance? makes
9: it.
7: Geralt. It's a Witcher reference. The Witcher's name is the White Wolf, so... It's John. Uh,
0: not
10: Ghost. Yeah. What the fuck is the Witcher? Nerds. Video game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Join
0: the
9: podcast about We're talking the about real fake, fake stuff here,
0: not fake,
2: <laughs> fake Yeah, stuff. come on.
0: This is important <laughs> stuff.
9: And then also, um... Tower of Joy cancels out any uh, Santa's apology, so um, we're all good there. Okay.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Says the man. Casey
9: Casey does not agree. (laughs) Like
7: Stannis, the good does not erase the bad. <laughs> right.
0: All right. Well, yeah. For me, I, I'll give it. I'll give it five as well. I really enjoyed it. I thought that there was a lot of just crazy, off the wall scenes that I just got really into. And that first initial sequence that that people have discussed was obviously masterful. Like Katie said, I think the cinematography, the music, music obviously fantastic. Though I, I did have reservations about it, but I've since come around, and it was just really awesome. So even like the little things were so good, and it makes you wonder why. Why is the directing so good in these last two, and it's, it doesn't stand up in the other ones? And why they don't? Maybe you get this guy doing more, or something else. I don't know, but yeah, it's such a, it's a different level. And I well,
9: I, who wrote this episode? D and D. Fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. <you can>. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> but, yeah, gotta give it to him. You gotta give it to him. But yeah, there we go. So that is a roundout, as you said, Adam. It was a 4.57 out of 74 votes on the forums. A lot of fours, four, 4.5s and fives. So yeah, a lot of people loved this one. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into it, starting with with this big this big scene here that went on for like a half an hour. This, this sequence sequencing King's Landing, which I will now summarize. It's gonna be a bit long, and we'll get to talking about it. So, the people of King's Landing gather in the Great Sept of Baelor for the trials of Loras Tyrell and Cersei Lannister. Loras is brought forward to be judged. He confesses all of his sins, including profligacy, which I just learned is a word, and begs to atone by giving up his name and title of heir to House Tyrell. He promises to serve the Faith as one of its warriors, and the Faith Militants step forward to carve their symbol into his forehead. Tommen tries to go to the trial, but is stopped by Ser Gregor. Cersei's absence is noted, and Lancel and his men are sent to retrieve her, but he is distracted by a boy and goes chasing after him. Meanwhile, Grand Maester Pycelle is lured into Kyburn's Q- chamber and stabbed to death by a bunch of children. Lancel follows the boy underground and discovers a massive cache of wildfire beneath the sept, but is stabbed before he can do anything about it. Marjorie is suspicious of Cersei and Tommen's absence and calls for everyone to leave but her exit is barred by the Faith Militant. Lancel crawls toward a candle as it slowly burns down, but it ignites the wildfire before he can reach it in time. He, the Sept, and all the people inside go up in a fiery explosion as Cersei watches from the Red Keep with a smile on her face. She then goes to a bound and captured Septa Unella and confesses all of her sins and the joy that each and every one of them gives her. She leaves the Sept uh, with Sir Gregor to do what he will. Tommen looks out the city and beholds all the death and suffering. He sets his crown down and steps out the window (laughs) later Cersei tells Kyburn. sorry I'm laughing because you fuckers change my summaries non-stop I strike
10: again (laughs) All Finger strikes again
0: later Cersei tells Kyburn that the young king's body will be burned and the ashes buried in the ruins of the Sept so yeah this super long sequence certainly a lot to say about it who wants to to go first
8: piano music music, yes It was weird. I don't think they've ever used piano accompaniment for the score before. It's weirdly anachronistic.
0: At first, I was kind of put off by that, and I thought it was strange. And I mentioned this last night, but Casey, I think you made a good point, and I've read this elsewhere, that it almost feels like that was intentional, that the music didn't seem to quite fit and something felt off, because there was obviously, in the context of the scene, a lot that felt off and didn't feel quite right. And there was just a sense of unease that I thought the the music that didn't quite fit supported, which, which made it even better, I think.
6: Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of, it seems like Game of Thrones tries to incorporate their theme song in various moments, and I feel like here they just wanted to make something that you, that what you were saying that I said last night, that, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that it was just uncomfortable. Well, in fact, uh,
0: they do include the Game you of know, Thrones theme song in this song. It's just a weirdly discordant version. When yeah, Lance you old, can hear it. Yeah. Yeah.
10: yeah. yeah I, th- I think it's because the piano really hasn't been as, you know, I don't know how closely they follow this, but it seems to be strings and, like, woodwinds and drums. So, like, even, any variation of the music going through, uh, like, the show has been, like, kind of almost traditional, like, medieval music. Whereas like the piano wasn't part of that and just that kind of sound is something completely foreign and uncanny and kind of, you know, adds to the scene. It reminded me a bit of another HBO show, uh, The Leftovers,
11: where there's a a lot of scenes in that series where the music is like thumping, dominating the scenes. And it gives the sense that things, the plot, uh, events are moving faster than the characters realize, which is the same feeling I got in these scenes that tension is building that no one is aware of and even as viewers we're not entirely aware of and then it reaches the crescendo with the explosion and i thought it was fantastic
10: so with this sequence did anyone else like i don't think i really noticed that my first viewing but the second like how super fucking creepy those kids were
5: yeah kids are inherently creepy and when you give them knives it's even worse
4: good point greg When they're all hopped up on the sugar plums. and Yeah, 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 you know it's all for candy.
8: I thought Lancel could have been a fucking hero. He could have blown those candles out. He was right there.
4: Yeah, I
8: thought that was going to happen
3: to you. Yeah, it was fairly contrived about just to get him down there and to be crawling towards it in that trying to build Mm -hmm. dramatic tension. But I'm not going to really hold that against the show because it worked out so well in the end to make it a cool moment. But there's really no reason he should be down there or they should bring him down there or he should be have the chance to go towards the candles, they should have just left that alone, but if they were trying to be super effective, but it was a cool part of the TV show.
9: I like how Cersei's plan rested on the fact that a candle was going to burn down.
1: (laughs) It was a very Bond villain. Well, I mean, I I don't think it did, though, because, you know, like, let's say he doesn't come out, like, they could have just set that off if they had to. Like, I think they just wanted to lure him out so that they would get everyone, you know, so that he might be halfway down the street. What do you think that initial little bird said to Pycelle to
3: get him to follow her? Because he was just going to presumably go to the center or something, and then she whispers something to him, and
1: he's like, oh, okay, I'll follow. He, he was looking for Tommen. He's like, where's Tommen? Like, so right, he, she clearly was like, hey, uh, the king needs you in this secret place. I oh,
5: was told you. the king would be in the dungeon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, will wow. say, I just want to comment on like this whole scene. While it was great, I, like the mass death, I get why they had to do it. Like all season, I've been wondering, like, what the hell is Marjorie's plan? How are they gonna? What are they gonna do with Loris? And it just, like, because all they did was give in to the High Septon, give in, give in, give in, over and over again, and I think that they knew it wasn't gonna matter, so they didn't bother writing
8: anything to make sense for that. You didn't yeah, make, you, you didn't follow that though. I, I thought it was clear that like she was going along so far as she could get her brother back, and then. Right, but
1: like that, that like it seems like she would have had a better chance supporting like when mace attacked like the, you know like i don't know it just it's it seemed like that was never like she's ruining her whole house that's best case scenario is her brother yeah. is you know mutilated and can no longer be the the lord i mean she think he gets out of there and they just wipe everything clean that,
5: well she got she thought that they weren't going to mutilate him because she even said that yeah she was like, you
1: said but she it. but yeah. she also she also converts tommen instead of saying hey tommen bring people yeah, but, in here and well, murder she these guys.
8: She cares about his life. She doesn't care about anything else. If she can get him back alive, then she can reverse all this. Like, yeah, I don't yet. know. I just, I just <clears throat> never felt
1: that she was going to get him back alive. I felt like something bad was going to happen either way, so. I mean, I guess it turns out the High Septim would have been true to his word, kind of. But then he's still in power. I think Marjorie's plan was to trade Cersei for Loras, right? Like, to
11: like remove her entirely from the game. Like, the High Septon views her as a corrupting influence, not just to Tommen, but the kingdom as a whole. So if he can remove her
1: by killing her, one assumes, then that's a fair trade because Loras is now in effect. I just, uh, I don't know, it's just the, the conversion of Tommen just, like, if there's not magic involved, I'm still confused about it.
9: I feel like it's what Adam and Katie, I think you were saying a couple of weeks ago. It's just that the showrunners always knew it was going to end like this, so they never, like... Like, sent out the threads and developed a plausible scheme because they knew they never had to. So they just are relying on the audience to come up with a scheme that's logical and fill in the blanks.
7: I was just really confused how King's Landing isn't all on fire right now. They do know, like, wildfire burns the fuck out of everything, right?
6: Shh.
3: Well, we know it keeps burning. It, we don't it, know it how much it
11: Yeah, the city was
5: <laughs> on fire. The you know, and
11: fire was the, spreading.
5: Pyromancer Guild 906, and they had him do a controlled burn. It was fine. (laughs) Right. The local 906 Pyromancer.
10: I do kind of wish we did have that, uh. what was it Pyromancer, or Halen, or whatever? Whoever Roy Deutsch who played. Had a funny laugh. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> I sitting don't know, there, like. And picks
0: it. I wanted to know what the conversation was either in, I guess, the writers' room. I don't, they don't have one of those. I guess it, wherever they came up with the idea of that <laughs> bell hitting the the guy. Like, wait, what if we had
10: a bell? <laughs> you know, dude, in that tell,
1: when we, when we came up with over. this right let's before bedtime. <laughs>
7: now, should we cool. should we pay to have ghosts show up at Winterfell? Nah, let's hit four guys with a bell. <laughs> <laughs>
8: the ghost should have just been on that ship at the end, you know. Everyone else was. Yes, yeah. I, I thought Cersei's battle dress was pretty great. Yeah, yeah that was oh, pretty awesome.
10: Yeah. Oh, oh, that, that outfit like was, was, was on point.
7: Was
5: yeah, great. Did anyone else think for a split second that Gregor was going to kill Tommen?
10: Yes, <laughs> like, yes,
5: I did. Was just going a <laughs> split second. Yeah, no,
10: I did too. To kill everybody.
8: <laughs> yeah. Zach, you said that you laughed at Tommen walking out the window, which is I weird because
7: that I- was me. I I actually felt
8: really sickened by that shot. Not least because I felt really bad for Tommen, but it just, it was... I was really, like, rooting for Cersei in the whole, that whole scene up until that point, because it's just, it's such a triumphant victory, and her pouring the wine on Unella's face, like, yeah, I've wanted to do that this whole season, go Cersei, and then just this quiet, single shot of her son walking out the window, it felt like a devastating undercut to everything that had come before for the last half an hour, it was a really powerful punctuation point for me. I
0: thought it was too, for sure, and and if anything, I think it was a laugh out of shock, at least on my part, it just it, it felt so out of nowhere, and I thought it was staged well in that way, where he, he steps out of, the, out of out of the frame and, and just kind of walks back in and does it, and there's no break there. It's so sudden. Right. But for me, like even before that, the, I mean, the sickening part for me was when Cersei left left uh, Gregor with Yunella. Oh, that was That was
4: a sh- little. That, that, oh yeah, I got goosebumps when she was start doing shame shame
6: with um with Tommen's death. I think that's the most that's the quietest death we've ever had on Game of Thrones. Am I wrong? No, I just,
7: think that's, yeah. The,
6: I, st- I think that's what made it so different. Because I, I I was watching the scene, I thought my computer had froze because HBO Go was acting up on me again. Um, but And then I realized that I heard him coming back and I was like, oh no, this is happening. And then he just walked out and I was like, just gapped by it i didn't know how to react because it's not typical to game of thrones till death scenes <laughs> he
8: has right. to I, know that his mother i mean that is, those are the two pieces that have put together like finalized his decision is one marjorie's dead two his mother did it
0: yeah you he know? must know
6: yeah he has to I, know i, feel,
9: mm-hmm.
6: I and really like, have been built up where he's had like um, some tension with his mom as well I, so i yeah. feel like he's he knows it's her
9: to be fair she con- he basically killed his mother last episode though so
6: i think he's right. naive on
8: that point i i thought he was trusting in his fledgling friendship with the high sparrow that that he oh. was going to punish cersei but not he, na- in a brutal yeah i way. agree with that
4: i yes. think that's why he was being late to the trial though is that he was having like a, a panic from you know knowing that this could be the end of his mom
8: i don't think i don't think tom and is, is that kind of person where if he knew that his mother was going to be killed that he would have gone through with it i think he would have been coaxed into yeah. you know she needs to face her sins and mm-hmm. g- face her punishment for, for him it would be like oh, he would have objected
1: sure. but it would have been too
8: late i think he's I said, a good kid <laughs> do, do we think yeah, Thomas was. Is very,
6: like innocent this entire season like he's been mm-hmm. uh, is yeah that's a better word but he's been pulled by marjorie Uh, he's been trying to listen to his mom but he's torn between the two women in his life and it's a very i mean this end scene was just too much for him i guess
11: i i really like how tommen's finale goes in that what it says about his arc for the entire season i think his suicide is tied in his utter failure in his own perception as a king that he's killing himself because as he reflects on all of his duties as a king, he has failed. Like he has failed to protect his family. He has failed to protect the people. He has failed to uphold the faith. Uh, He has no control over this situation. Everything he's tried to do has led to more death and destruction, usually not by his own hand. Um, And so I think he sees this as like resolving his inability. And I know On Dragoncast, people have been very critical of Tommen and his often inactions. So, I think he is aware of his own failings, and that's why he steps off the ledge.
8: Yeah, he takes the crown off first, which I thought was actually a really powerful little detail.
9: Right, like he's
11: abandoning the kingship. Like, he is not fit to rule.
9: Who's the worst king, Joffrey or um, Tommen? Joffrey Joffrey didn't really
11: do anything.
1: Like, Joffrey, he tortured people and stuff, but as far as the ruling... He, only uh, made he, few, use... he made a few decisions like killing Ned and stuff, but for the most part, you Lying had his city starve at Tywin. And Tywin. I a, think you can
11: easily say Joffrey was the worst king because all of his motivations came from bad places with like bad. I mean, like I he I wanted think he horrible was... things to happen, while Tommen only wanted good outcomes but was, you know, as we've discussed, like naive and misled by his advisors. Joffrey had better advisors. He had Tyrion and Tywin to kind of rein in his impulses. Tommen had. Well, pretty much no one
1: and yeah, that's what i'm saying i think he would have been a much worse king and i think he probably still is but he didn't really have a lot of time to to do much kinging. No.
5: Oh, yeah. you gotta have that kinging so,
6: time so. do, do you we know, think that given, maybe people will start blaming Tommen for the death set
11: no i don't think so i think given westeros and its romantic chivalry nature you know Tommen will have killed himself after his beloved queen died like, that's right. how it'll be perceived. Like, it'll yeah. be this great sacrifice out of
10: yeah. love. Well, that's what, uh, like, Quibern has to, like, spin it, like, PR-wise, right? Like, yeah. that this is what happened, and that's why Cersei is queen, instead of, like, a council being held or anything? What right. is her,
8: her? She makes this decision to have his ashes interned at the side of the, where the sept was? Is that what she says in that scene? Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah that's where Jop's ashes. Yeah, are. so what do people think about this reaction that Cersei that had to his death?
9: So I thought it was like and I'm probably completely wrong. I thought she like washed his hand her hands of him and like essentially disowned him, but I'm probably wrong.
4: She didn't disown him, I think but she was always resigned to him dying, I think.
0: I don't know if Cause she the, I don't because she's read the books yeah no, I mean see, she, had that's, the, she had the prophecy that happened in the show obviously I don't know if she was resigned to it the whole time but I think that when it happened she was resigned at that point and she realized yes, yes it's all true this is happening this was all I think
1: in her heart after Marcella died she kind of was like yeah the prophecy's legit but she, I don't think she wanted him to die here at all and then when it happened I think she just shut off and was like well what do I do now I, you know, I'm the queen
6: now I, I just think that she's numb in this scene I think that she she sees that her child died I don't, know if, I don't think that she was expecting this to happen I think that she was just trying to save him from the everything that was going to happen that day but at, she's just she sees him dead she's very numb and she's like well there's nothing I can do other than be queen now and that's what I'm going to do
10: uh, so what is what is Jamie thinking? He's like is that oh, admiration right that, that or scorn? No. No. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, I I
0: left the second half of King's Landing for the end because it would feel weird if we went to the Twins after Jamie was in King's Landing. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah sorry my bad no problem so yeah anything else on this bit so what do you think jamie was thinking (laughs) (laughs) no we're done (laughs) we're going to the twins here we go going to the twins where the lannister and frey men celebrate the recapture of river run jamie hooks brawn up with some ladies and speaks to walder frey about battles and betrayal sometime later walder frey is dining at his high tip what why would you just delete that what was the point of that (laughs) <laughs> Walter Frey is dining at a side table When a serving woman comes forward and offers him a pie Walter asks where his sons are And the woman explains that they are right there In the pie She pulls off her face and Arya Stark is revealed She cuts Lord Frey's throat And smiles down at him as he dies
8: Arya You have to make no. him eat the pie first
10: <laughs> he eating the pie. The first name on your list is Cersei. You could have saved so many people. Why did she go all the way to the Riverlands when King's Landing is probably where she actually landed?
5: we can't discuss the geography we've agreed to just let it go how did the veil know but it doesn't make, make any cailing. goddamn
10: sense
5: <laughs> I think it makes sense
10: geography
11: how is Walder Frey not at the top of her list like the architect of the red wedding who's left alive like he's gotta go first
5: there's only three people on the freaking
4: list at this point right he's one of them yeah, mm-hmm. but
10: Cersei was the closer one. She's
5: got yeah,
4: she's the way. harder one. She's the boss. This is this is just a mid level boss. Yeah, you're gonna work your way. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah,
0: we got Frey Pie. We Arya. I was. This was the most baffling thing ever for me. And it's funny because <laughs> it's funny because Mikhail actually said that Arya would show up at the twins, and I was like, no, that, there's no fucking way that's happening. <laughs> and she did. She's here. Yeah. She, she killed Lord Walder Frey, which was pretty cool. I guess. I
8: just imagine very
10: satisfying murder.
8: I was wrong in that I, I assumed that she didn't have the magic, but I suppose she just left with a gym bag full of faces that she stole from... <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, she just, you know, suitcase of faces to go, right, Jaken?
7: Well, they cut, like, right before she turned back to Jaken. I was like, hey, could, could you spare any, like, masks? And, like, Jaken's like, yeah, yeah, man, I got you. And you're like... Throws her a couple of faces.
5: Here's Let, your wig. Here's ph- your spirit gum. Here's your. You must. Okay, there you go. You, you
3: know. Let's just hope she didn't kill a pretty girl in maiden pool to get that face. So yeah, Arya really played the faceless man perfectly. Took all her power and didn't get any consequences. And so now she's like <laughs> super overpowered. <laughs> and now anyone in the series can be Arya at any time. It
1: just pull <laughs> out her face and she's killing people.
5: She did so, get
1: stabbed several
5: times in the stomach for five
1: minutes, and then it was. Yeah, fine, but that so didn't barely even matter. Some
5: consequences. Does right.
1: this does this confirm that like fa- like faceless man SOP is to pull off your mask during the kill so that you <laughs> reveal yourself? Like that just seems to like it's no like one the has no
4: no you know what that is? Is it's actually a callback to, to Ned, he who, who passes the sentence, swing the sword. So you should see who who is killing them, and, and judge whether or not they're supposed to die in the first place. No. Yeah, but every, every faceless man I mean, kill has it, been, it, like, ripped the face yeah. off.
8: If it's
0: anything, it's a twisted version of that, Drew, because she wanted to watch him die, and she wanted him to see her smiling and looking down at her, and right. knowing that it was a Stark mm-hmm. that killed him. It her, was, it was not Her face is, thing, yeah.
7: her face, as she like held She's, his, like, dying body to her was just like, oh,
8: that's disturbing. It was really weirdly sexual and just gross. <laughs> Because he's well, like pulsing against her, and she has this blissful look on her face, like "Ah, oh, yes, I feel you like, dying." Oh.
9: But like, also, Arya is a better faceless man than the wave, and she also looked like she was twenty there.
5: Yeah, and about yeah. a bit foot taller.
11: Magic. <laughs> I love Walder Frey. I'm gonna miss him. Wait,
2: wait,
10: what? I what's his name <laughs> <Kilt>? <laughs> I, I feel
0: like Only people, you. Even, I feel like you people know didn't know who I how really to react liked. to that like, I miss Walter Frey like,
10: <laughs> wait a
11: minute
4: <laughs> I, <laughs> he's a great character like, how could you he, say that he, you love to hate him
3: I did like the conversation between Walter Frey and Jamie where it's Walter true. Frey is drawing the direct comparison between the two and Jamie's like I'm nothing like you and I don't want to be anything like you and I'm out of here peace out
0: He <laughs> just like fuck off he just had, he had no patience for any of that that was good Let's let's go to Old Town, where Sam and Gilly arrive about three miles from the city to get a group photo in front of the High Tower and the city at large. Before heading in, they meet with a Maester of admissions to get Sam all enrolled and inform him that Geo Mormont and Maester Aemon both died. Despite the irregularity of the situation, the Maester says Sam will meet with the Arch- Archmeister and can hang out in the library in the meantime. Sam is all too quick to accept the opportunity and leaves Gilly and Little Sam behind to check out some books.
10: White yeah. ravens were flying. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were seagulls. Uh, until I thought this... it was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> <it> was <laughs> I'm sorry,
11: I was super excited when I realized what it was. And I'm like, book readers will know what's happening for several moments longer. Than <laughs> this is great. <laughs>
4: Yeah, each one's supposed to go to a great house. So how many fucking houses are there? God damn! Yeah, there are a lot. Thousands. And so they, they flew away from they houses. flew
0: away from the high tower, not the citadel. They would have to fly away from the citadel. That's where the ravens are probably kept,
7: right? Yeah. Oh,
5: stop bitching! We got okay. the fucking
0: high tower. That's all we needed.
5: It's the High Citadel in the show, there's just the High Citadel,
0: it's fine. It was good, it was good. It was good, it was a beautiful shot coming in, and that maester was awesome, so yeah, I have nothing to complain about, actually. Oh yeah,
10: the maesters are dicks, right? Hey,
8: let's not judge all the maesters,
5: we only saw one fucking guy!
8: (laughs) I felt, I didn't like it, I didn't like it on Gilly's behalf, because... All this wonderful knowledge in the world. And no, lady, you got to sit in the waiting room with your crying kid and read him. I don't know. No, You can't read to him anything. The
10: babies are really sticky, and they have a lot of old books.
3: Where do you think Sam kept the sword while they went to the Citadel? Just put it in an Don't LA. worry about it. <laughs> what is Sam's
5: plan? With like, he's bringing a kid, a wife, and a sword to become a maester? Like, he's not really This is highly
10: it. irregular. <laughs> he's like, yes, I am. Sam's like, I just gave my Valerian sword to a girl or a guy named Sorella, so yes, everything's weird over here. Yeah.
0: I mean, he also told Randall Tarly that he was going to Old Town, so... And then did.
10: Yeah. But I didn't say where. It's a pretty easy hunt.
9: Unfortunately, Randall Tarly hates books, so, like, Sam's safe. At <laughs> they sort of repel
2: that. him.
7: <laughs> he, like, walks <laughs> into sorry. the library and just... <laughs> <laughs>
6: Starts to
10: burn. <laughs> so, did anyone else notice that the astro lab, that's like, or whatever the thing is that holds the shiny Bernie thing in the title sequence, was hanging from the ceiling of the? Uh, I actually
0: think those that... weren't astro lab- labs. I think they were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they redirect sunlight in so that they don't need to light it internally.
9: Ah, because, I was awesome. Those in the those library. Work.
7: Those looked Harry Potterish.
6: That guy at the Citadel was kind of mean, so it, he probably just wasn't trying to push him. Like, yeah. Well, was there a
10: reason for that attitude? That reminded me of, like, like you know, he hates one of his the job, administrative assistants that, like, yeah, just, like, thinks they're better. It's like, no, just get it's the like, meeting.
7: It's like the Westeros equivalent of the DMV. He just does not want to be there, but he has to.
10: Right.
0: It was highly irregular.
9: It All is so, <laughs> I feel bad for Gilly because the baby's been the same age for four years. No, I think <laughs> the baby grew. Did someone baby brought up, up Someone else It helped. hit a growth spurt. Someone
7: brought up like crying baby. That kid was calm as shit. I didn't hear yeah. a spot of that kid.
5: I think it was a new uh, actor. Can you call them actors? Yeah,
3: <laughs> um, that looked like a 2 three-year-old new new so
5: actor that played the baby,
3: just out of drama school. On
5: <laughs> um, Baby IMDB, just...
3: it must so, be a super yeah. bummer for all the maesters when they get assigned somewhere and they have to leave the citadel because that place is awesome, and every castle in the realm kind of sucks in comparison.
7: No, but like the one maester who like stayed behind has to sit the front <laughs> desk. I don't think anyone wants that
0: job.
5: Oh, there was no front <laughs> desk. That was it. That was the whole I mean, this thing. Is it was real them, life, and the two though, guys. Right? I mean, they have to
0: pay tuition in there, and they spend four years, and then they have to go out and live real No,
10: money, dude, so. Bur- Bernie went to the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> Tuition-free, friend. Tu- Tuition-free. Yeah, a,
0: a lifetime of servitude to make up for. <laughs> so.
10: Yeah. So are we going to meet Marwyn next season?
0: I, maybe. They say the Arch- Archmaester, so it feels like if they're giving, like, one, like, there's one Archmaester, then maybe <laughs> it's Marwyn. I don't know. No, it's going to
10: be a It's going to be, be really Price, one. isn't it? he just shows up he's gonna be like
3: it's his twin brother
0: (laughs) oh you know my brother yeah he was always a troublemaker
7: it's
3: me
0: low sparrow found the faith in his old age (sighs) alright let's go to dorn no where Olena meets You with go to Dorne. Dorn. Oh, come on. Everyone's going
5: to Dorn, Olenna- Dorn. I will help you share this burden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Olena meets with Ilaria Sand to discuss the pact to bring down Cersei Lannister. Ilaria agrees that they will work together for their mutual survival. Olena says that the- she doesn't want mere survival. Ilaria explains that she misspoke and promises vengeance and justice. Fire and blood, Varys adds, stepping out from the shadows.
10: Stepping out from his fucking time machine.
1: Yeah. Oh, wasn't that bad?
10: Wow. Actually, this was yeah, the best Dorne scene ever. It gets bad when you
5: realize Varys goes back to Marine before he gets back on the boat. That's when it gets bad.
1: Right. Well, no, I mean once you put some thought into it, I don't think it does. But
5: I know. It I think been
1: been that like later. yeah, we got what two Dorn scenes, like three, I guess, because of the murder on the boat. But they, I don't know. I think they listened last year. They, I've acknowledged they really screwed this up and just kind of, you know, Elena makes everything better and. She kind of clowns them, and it was over quickly. So,
10: what like, shut up. Let the know. older women
1: <laughs> speak.
7: <laughs> what? It also looked like Obara just inherited her dad's wardrobe. Like Nimeria I like how she called her Barbara. <laughs> <Probably> she,
5: called <laughs> her <Barbaro. laughs> she called her Barbaro. <laughs> <laughs> she called her
0: Barbaro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh.
0: I mean, there's a whole lot, not a whole lot to say in this scene. Obviously, uh, it's kind of cool that we get a weird, twisted version of Doran's speech. They're joining the Lannisters, or not the Lannisters, the Targaryens. So that's interesting plot-wise, I suppose.
10: Well, the Martells or the Tyrells and Martells uh, supported uh, the Targaryens, right? So that's true. It's not too yeah. out of the way. But oh, like, I don't think it is at all. But w- why give Doran's speech to Ilaria? Like, why? because oh, he's dead. Doran, yep. oh. he dead.
0: <laughs> would we? Uh, would we like to move on to to beyond the wall? Please. Sure.
5: All right. <laughs> I forgot about this scene. I completely forgot brand from the episode.
0: It's because
10: nothing happened. Four point five. Pointless.
3: Only the scene. Tower of Joy reveal. That's a fairly big yeah, thing.
10: Not, not <laughs> no I remember me. that, but I forgot it was. From brand. You mean right next to the forest that actually led to the wall, not like against the fucking wall.
4: <sighs> yeah, so, so, All right. so. Well, I can defend that though. Like, it's the the night's watch might see and recognize him they'd be like what the six of them that are left <laughs> yeah they still yeah, have Del- people the lower side is endings.
0: probably just standing at the top ready to kill white walkers so cold hands benjin deposits Bran and Mira near the wall and sets out alone explaining that he can't pass beyond the wall's magical force field brand crawls to the heart tree and returns to the tower of joy and follows the young ned stark inside there he finds Lyanna Stark dying from a recent childbirth, and Ed goes to Lyanna to comfort her. And Lyanna tells him the name of her newborn child and asks him to promise her to take care of him. It happened, guys.
8: It's confirmed. RSL equals J. No, I saw. Two, okay, I saw a post on Tumblr, and then I saw a Periscope video. One guy who thought that this proved definitively that John was an incest child between Ned and Liana. Oh <laughs> Jesus God.
10: Christ. And My the other one, exact
8: same question. The Sorry. other one who was a he was a show watcher, he's like, I've been seeing R plus L equals J all these years and I finally know. Robert plus Liana equals John. <laughs> like Oh, that
10: is fantastic. <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, is right. Right. Is a good point. <laughs> they both start with I, R. I don't know, but people are not going. to Nobody knows who fucking Rhaegar is from the show. Are you kidding me?
10: I know who <laughs> he is. He's they're like wasn't that name. Robert's younger brother that tried to but got killed by the Shadow Baby? <laughs> <It laughs> well, oh, no, that's K-1. Renly. Oh, it's an R. Whatever. Wow, you have such low opinions of show viewers, man. I have my high horse this is it
0: Yeah, <laughs> let me enjoy it do we have anything to say about this scene
7: <laughs> <laughs> nothing constructive Pointless except for the R plus L equals J reveal
6: oh, was, was, was Bran like I just, I just need to finish this one scene before we, before we leave here I need
0: to confirm this theory before we move on <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, guys don't you hate when you're watching something and you can't finish it right he's like Mira
3: it's episode 10 we gotta do this
7: I DVR'd it on the weirwood. Come on, let's watch.
5: The <laughs> he grabbed the beard of the weirwood and was like, I don't know, it was weird.
7: <coughs> well, so I, he wasn't even trying to connect. He's just like, oh, man, I want to stroke this tree's beard.
5: Tree beard? Tree
10: beard. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> nice. You don't did be- it, guys. <laughs> boom, boom, We're boom. done. We're done. We got
1: tree beard. Matt. Don't be I'm hasty.
10: <laughs> well
2: played, <Adam>. sir. You're just the best right now.
0: So, I mean, the scene, the scene itself, I thought, was really well done. I thought it was it was very heartbreaking, the, the exchange between, um, what do they call him? What are they, um, Neil Patrick Stark or whatever. And and (laughs) Liana, it was it worked for me really well. So
10: that part, it was good. So uh, we we get the reveal like from Benjin that there's magic inside the wall, and that's why he can't cross. Does that mean? What does that mean? Do do any (laughs) show watchers? uh, Did any show watchers actually pick up on that? I don't think I. I have no idea.
5: Show watchers have forgotten the Knight's King. They just don't even remember him.
7: Who's that, dude?
5: you <laughs> so mean. Show watchers <laughs> are all ignorant
7: fools who know nothing of the outside.
11: I really liked your tone there, Paul. That was great.
9: <laughs> Is this the whole, like, Bran's gonna cause the wall to get, like, fall theory? Yeah, I mean, I- potentially, I mean,
0: right? So he, he has the mark on him. That could mean that if he goes south, they can pass through. Yeah. And
2: maybe Benjen doesn't
6: know that yet. Like, understand that if... Bran goes beyond the wall, that he's actually going to make the White Walkers come over. What do you think
3: Bran is aiming to do once he gets south of the wall? Just go join up back at Winterfell? That's what I think is
1: weird, right? (laughs) The King in the North. Right, the King in the North. Hey, bro, you're you're Targaryen.
5: (laughs) Here's my trueborn brother. Um, Okay, that King in the North, that's the one I meant.
0: Oops. So Winterfell. John speaks of his life as a bastard to Melisandre, but is interrupted by the arrival of Davos. He flings Shireen's stag carving at Melisandre and demands that she explain what happened. Melisandre admits to burning Shireen alive, and Davos requests permission to execute her. Melisandre pleads to John that she can be useful in the war against the dead. John chooses to exile her from the north and warns her that she will die if she ever dares to return. As Melisandre rides off, John and Sansa discuss which of them would be best fit to lead the North, each deferring to the other. Sansa apologizes for not telling John about the Vale knights. John says that if they are going to succeed in the coming war, they need to trust each other. Sansa tells John that a white raven announcing that winter has come just as their father always promised. <sighs> I was wrong, guys. Sansa's not evil.
4: She's just Melisandre, hundred... sir, is pretty. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. And yeah. no Sandra hate here.
8: Sandra oh. She's just underwritten. I don't. I still don't understand what her motivation mm-hmm. is. I guess I just didn't trust you enough. Well, we lost about a thousand men yesterday thanks to your lack of trust.
7: Yeah. Thanks. Well, one one's dead, Sansa. So thanks.
1: He's the
10: last. Yeah, uh, I think the literally last.
1: Out. I think they did hear what they also did with Davos, and they took it out of, out of the offending party's hands. Basically, um, they said, "Well, okay, well, John, John's cool with it, so let's move on." And same thing with um, when Davos is confronting Melisandre. It's like, "Okay, well, John will let her leave, so Davos is blameless. All right, move on," like without really giving us a satisfying resolution.
4: So why did Me. John let her leave? Because, because she brought life. him back to fucking yeah. life. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, maybe it was a you know I you you brought me back to life, so I owe you one. There's your I'm giving you your life back.
0: Everyone Convicted gets one. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah, it just it felt like it
0: ran counter to her her whole argument that she can be helpful by sending her away and making her useless, basically. But yeah, I mean he's he's paying a debt, I guess, and he doesn't want to kill her. She and really Thoros can have Bible study or whatever the heck they do. <laughs> Bible study.
5: She's gonna come back and say like save John from from the uh, Nights King at some point, and then die in, in the doing. So she'll well. redeem herself. Somehow. Anyway,
8: I thought Davos just, just said, was not good in this scene. I thought he was really overblown and felt like he was acting in a vacuum and didn't care. And I thought Melisandre was actually really really good. I thought she was under, and that's not the word I'm looking for. I thought she was really subtle. Subtle. Thank you.
5: Bye. Yeah, I get that, Katie, but also like he's been holding this in since before the battle, so like this is his one shot to just let it all out there. I, I, I know, that I know girl. what you're
8: saying. I know.
7: Like Davos has been like the cool cucumber for nine episodes. Well, I'm not saying of... that
8: he didn't have the right to be overblown. I'm just saying his overblown reaction felt badly acted. It felt it. It didn't convince me. It didn't land for me at all.
11: I really liked it in the moment, but I wonder if rewatching it, if it wouldn't. If I wouldn't sidle with you, Katie. Yeah. No,
10: well, I think
5: like it's a big crybaby on my rewatch.
10: I think it's his same kind of acting is like when he's uh, convincing the Iron Bank to support Stannis. He's like, "Oh, he's a man in his prime." Like, you know. I love this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought the scene itself was fine. I didn't pick up on the the stilted acting that you pointed out, Katie. But yeah, maybe I'll see it on a rewatch. The part that bugged me is the same thing we've been talking about this whole time: is that why now? Why was this the moment to? To have this confrontation, why didn't he go to her earlier and ask to know what happened and where Shereen and how did she die? Because Brienne cock blocked it. But <laughs> why didn't he go back and do it five minutes later? It's just, it's bizarre that it had to be, it had to come here for maximum drama to have John in yeah. the conversation.
11: Like, what I would say, Zach, is going back to what I said at the beginning, is that like every single story is being tied up. So no, we don't. had, like, Davos, this has been hanging over his character all season. And it's kind of weird that it hasn't come up before now, but like I-, I think they were saving a lot of these moments for episode ten, and like yeah, it kind of feels strange. But then if you had it come up before, does that mean Melisandre and Davos aren't at the battle, or and what other ripple effects do you have? Yeah, but I think
0: I think there, there's a certain amount of of responsibility to build up to things like this and to make sure that they make sense and they're earned it just it feels like in this case that they just there was no reason why there was no good reason why Davos didn't
10: bring it up before now well he also didn't find the burnt stag until Until the last episode
6: yeah this makes for a great 10th episode we all gave it really high ratings and I think like the actual rating was like an actual 10 out of 10 but then (sighs) how good is this season like we have all these points that didn't get answered until the last fucking episode and it was a good episode, but like things like this are annoy me.
0: I yeah, I think there's more to it than the just annoyance. I think that there's a lot of cases where it just feels like they didn't give the, the, the storylines the time they deserve, and it felt like they were just, just going with a lot of wasteful um, character moments, a lot with Tyrion, and I feel like it ended up just having to be all shoved in here at the end for it to, to tie up, and it didn't feel like a lot of what happened before led to it, it felt like. It was just kind of out of nowhere in a lot of cases. Yeah, but most yeah. of the
11: stuff that happens in the East feels like a waste of time anyway. Even in the
10: books, I mean, it's a placeholder,
11: yeah. right? So, put this in earlier. What would you move? I think this has been a tighter, better season overall. Oh, I, oh pretty- yeah.
0: I think overall it was, it's much improved oh. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. In-
9: but like, the problem is the pace like glosses over the glaring plot holes that exist with the show right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. In a lot of cases, for me, it's even more so than plot holes. And it's fine if it, you know, it's a TV show. They want to play it a certain way. They need some characters and some scenes all the time. But I, I just lost all investment in Davos' character because I just lost all belief in who he is as a character because it just felt like he didn't matter. It just felt like he was in the background for eight eight episodes. And it, to have it come here, like, it, it was too late for me because I just didn't care about him anymore because
3: he hadn't done yeah. anything.
6: It just seems like there's a lack of develop, character development that they just don't want to do. They just want to have things happen. That's it.
3: Well, it, <laughs> it comes from knowing the major, More- like... Beat points of the character arcs over the season and not knowing the middle like fill-in parts. So they know this character has to be here for so long and then leave at this point or be alive at this moment, but they don't know what to do in between. And then you have the actors and you have to have them do something for the episodes. They're just all sitting around waiting for their moments.
8: It feels like I guess like it's unfairly compare their writing to George's writing is George you know his his plot comes out of the characters' motivations and so it feels organic he puts a bunch of interesting complicated characters together and then the plot grows organically from them with D&D it's like they have the plot in their head and then they put the char- they shove the characters into the plot and then try yeah. to make them work out that way and it doesn't feel organic it feels kind of like connecting the go- dots and going A to B to C.
11: Right, because they do they have a framework that they're trying to match, and they have to mm, fill in the details. It's They, they have mm, this weird paint-by-numbers project. Uh, you could have
4: had half, half of the crescendos that they had in this episode across the season, and it would have been a much better season. And yeah, okay, you wouldn't have had this big, giant finale thing but it doesn't have to be that way you can you can build drama and suspense for the next season i mean do you think that uh, like it's a product of their writing or a product of
10: george told us that r plus l equals j george told us that cersei's going to blow up the Sept to defeat the high sparrow i think george it's a combination of the, that sorry. No, you know see, i
11: think i think that's wrong because basically what you're saying then is outlines make for bad writing like, most writers use some form of outline to structure what they're going to create as they go along. They didn't have ultimate authorship of the outline, but they still choose how to lay out the plot and the characters.
5: But we don't know um, how much of if it was an outline or if it was literally just big picture end stuff. Like, this person's on the throne. These people are dead. Like, that's what happened. We don't know what they told them, so we don't sure, know if but, it was an actual outline.
11: But, Greg, we know – like, season six is largely book material. Right. Like there's there's huge chunks of book five and four and, you know, uh, uh, dream sequences from Ned. Like there's lots of stuff from the books still in this season. There's not a ton of, oh, we didn't know this was happening. This is all brand new information.
4: I guess what sets me off most about their their writing is what they'll do is they'll take something that is from the books and they'll 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 portray it in the most reductive, simplistic, not uh, lacking any depth or or anything and they'll just throw away and they'll say it's a nod to the books like the fray pies in this episode fray pie was something that Manderly did and it built his character it showed that he was cunning and he was deceitful and he was playing the long game to to hurt these people and arya just learned how to bake and fucking throw it in a pie and it it got thrown away and it lost all of its real value yeah
0: yeah i uh i there's a lot. Of, I mean, obviously, yeah, this episode was good. I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy saying that. And I think that in a lot of cases, my criticism has nothing to do with the episode in, in, in end of itself. It's more so just the general feeling that characters have these crescendo moments, like you said, Drew, that weren't necessarily earned, weren't necessarily built up to, and there's a couple of more cases of that, that that kind of bugged me. Ultimately, it, it it's fine. It's fine. It's a TV show, and they're playing up the drama, and that's good, and I'm perfectly happy with that. but yeah. I, I feel like it's, it bears pointing out that, that some of these characters' storylines just were non-existent until, until the end here.
4: Yeah, I think for, for me to be, pe- just for my own mental well-being next season, I'm just, I'm going to To hit the emotional reset button and just enjoy it for what
9: it is. Enjoying
11: it as a piece of media is far more than like pulling it apart and how did they adapt this and what did we get? And, you know, especially now, because we are comparing parts of these things to things George has not written yet or hasn't released publicly to us. Which makes this whole, like, the whole comparison thing falls apart by
2: this season. So,
0: So, in the God's Wood, Littlefinger goes to Sansa and expresses his dream to sit the Iron Throne with her at his side. Sansa stops him before he can kiss her and simply says that it is a pretty picture he dreams of. As she goes, Littlefinger wonders aloud why a bastard from the South should stand in the way of her claim. So, yeah, they're keeping up with this here of trying to set Sansa against Jon with, um... With Uh. uh, pushing that, yeah.
11: I didn't this like this scene because I don't think it makes any sense that this was Littlefinger's
10: ambition. Like, I, well, think I, mean, show, fits, I mean, when he started fits. off killing Jon Aaron when Sansa was 12, he's like, I'm going to sit there and throw him next to Sansa.
11: I well, think, I think that's that
10: make
0: any right fucking guy.
8: goddamn
10: sense. He painted he's
0: that part fielder. in later that was added later. <laughs> into I
8: felt like this was supposed to feel like okay, if you can't tell the emotion from a scene, sometimes you got to say, what is the music trying to communicate to me? And it really felt like the music was trying to imply that we were supposed to think this was a romantic gesture that he was making. Because when he gets up real close to her and he's telling her about his dream, there's this yearning, tender violin in the background. And I'm like, are are, are D&D rooting for Littlefinger to get with Sansa? I really felt like that's what the scene was trying to communicate, that we're supposed to be... Uh, Supportive is another word But empathetic to his desires for her Are we supposed to think that
11: Maybe Sansa is interested in this Kind of outcome? You know she did once want To be the queen so it's like Part of her drawn to this scenario Even if it's not ideal
8: It's hard to read because there's times where it's like It feels like she's attracted to him In some capacity Or she I don't know I can't read it Like Sansa is so Baffling to me as a character now I just don't know Where her headspace
6: is I think that she knows that he wants her mom not her so she's a little bit like I think she also feels a little bit weird about it as well.
8: It's fine if she feels weird about it I just don't know how to read that scene of what she is feeling what he's feeling is clear I just I I don't know what I don't know what she's feeling I don't know what Sansa is thinking or feeling (laughs) at any time.
6: The show writers don't like to write Santa well, so I feel like that's a product of that. I think the
11: little finger thing is is a problem because he's almost like a monster in a horror movie, right? The fact that we haven't known his known his motives and what he's been up to makes him a more interesting character. And to lay them out in such an uninteresting, fat like blandly way a bland way, just undermines any of his interest for me.
9: Why does Santa, who like explicitly tells John like why would, you, why would I ever trust Littlefinger? That's the stupidest decision ever. Actually trust him over John.
0: We see in the next that, scene that she doesn't seem to.
9: Except for the glance they exchange. Well, the, I think the glance... Oh,
0: yeah, we're getting into it. The, the glance, I think, suggested that that she had gotten a one-up over him. That she had thwarted his plans somehow.
8: Not Even, according I don't know. to Sophie Turner. Oh, is <laughs> it a d- different reading? Of it? According John to just Sophie took her Turner. legitimate
0: claim.
11: Like, that's yeah. what happened in that scene.
8: She
11: says He's Santa's
8: so naive. Yeah. I didn't read any I like I didn't read any anger into that. She seemed pleased that and proud of John, but the feedback from the cast and some of the uh, is that no, she's pissed that she's not getting her just oh, cuz <laughs> so, like she brought the army that saved him that I, I feel like
0: her. at some point along the way here they became so gun shy about how to write Sansa that they're just they don't know what to do at all it feels like they just have no they're so scared of people being mad about Sansa that they just have no no idea well, how
8: to take the, the, there was like right. unnecessary rapes into your show <laughs>
10: the, well there was like two or, two or three like weird glances between her and Littlefinger that it was like It didn't emote anything besides like, oh, this is what's happening. Oh, this is what's happening. It was like, and I told you so. Right. Right, because he was just like, oh, your name is Stark. You'll be able to rule. And she's like, dude, king of the north over here, Snow, the white wolf, done. So yeah. Mm -hmm last scene of
0: winterfell the lords of the north the Vale army and the wildlings gather in winterfell's hall to speak of the future of house stark in the war with the others the nobles are wary of the wildlings and their intention to return home to endure winter's arrival john warns them that this storm can't simply be endured and that they will need to fight Lyanna warmont speaks up shaming the other northern lords for their inaction and pledging herself to the king in the north Standing before them, Lords Manderly... Or sitting. Uh, Lords Manderly, Glover, and Kerwin admit their mistakes and pledge to John. Shouts of the King in the North ring in Winterfell as the gathered forces unanimously accept John as their leader. Like, hang on the North. Like, hang on the North. Yep, that happened.
10: Uh, Leanna Mormont needs her own, like, fucking sitcom. Just saying. Speech like, was so good. I, 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 I want to know her adventures. Oh. She's awesome. Unleash the Casey.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Unleash. (laughs) Alright, so I have a big problem with this. I don't understand the show's logic in making John king, other than the fact that he's a guy, and the possibility that maybe because Sansa was married to Ramsay, that they might have some issues with that. That's my only thing. But So you solved it. No, (laughs) that's not a good enough
8: reason. (laughs) Um, But in their world, isn't it? Yeah. But we're already like doing. We already have a huge cast of queens and female rulers. It doesn't make sense that Sansa doesn't even come up as a potential. Yeah. Like we're grasping at potential reasons why this isn't an actual plot point in this episode, where it seems like it should be. Like, there is actually some contestation between John and Sansa early in the episode that's fairly friendly, but it should be actually a question of, she is is a legitimate Stark, even though she's a woman, (sighs) and he is a bastard. There should be some contestation between who is going to be a figurehead, at least, I mean, it should be at least discussed. They're the only major house remaining
3: that doesn't have a woman leading them, it seems at this point. Everybody else went the lady route. I wonder if it's the fact that she's been married off
11: to enemy houses that is causing more of a problem for Sansa than the fact that she's a woman.
6: But, they, but that's the whole right. problem. Like you're,
8: they're you're inventing that reason. Like, none of this is brought up in the show at all.
6: This should have been brought up. If there's a problem with Sansa being queen, it should be discussed. It's But it's not. It just seems like, oh, because John's a Stark and he looks like a Stark, we gotta get behind John Stark and or you know Jon Snow whatever they want to call him I I feel like D&D are like they just love Jon so much and don't get me wrong I love Jon too but they just are
1: (laughs) I think what the real issue here is that they set up in the conversation between Jon and Sansa that they basically were both pushing for each other and everything was kind of amicable and that probably should have come up in the hall there but the, the other lords just sort of took it and they just kind of let it go
6: they could have been like Sansa queen of the north and then somebody could have been like no John king of the north it, she should be the first choice she should be the thir- first thought and she's the one who won the fucking battle like yeah but no, that
0: would
1: feel no, it would, well, I think it would yeah, feel well, more
0: you know, she you was She was the one who won the battle and that's the part that bugs me most is, mo- most is that John blundered his way through this whole thing and it's clear no. even, from an outsider's point of view it is clear that Sansa Sansa so won them in the battle. John yeah, did not. Yeah, because
8: she
9: fucked Jon over. But, it's, but nobody knows that. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows that.
8: And the fact is, this is, comes down to the writing and the thing that I found really frustrating earlier in the last episode with Sansa in the tent with John when she's like, why didn't you ask my opinion? I was like, I don't understand why they had to write Sansa, one, as a nag, but also again as a doormat. Why can't she like raise the question and saying, why can't I be the queen? Like Why can't she put herself forward against Jon? Why does it have to be she stepped down so that he can step forward? She does it graciously with a smile on her face and it's like, I feel like the Sansa right now, who seems like she is trying to do what's best for herself would, I don't know, make a case for herself as a leader in some capacity. But I don't It think. seems
1: like that's not what she wants. If, if the scene ended with her as the Queen in the North, then you could have some of that conflict, but I think if she puts herself forward... Or someone else does, and then you have this kind of argument, queen, and then it ends up, no, but we, we want John. I think that's actually more insulting to her character. So, like, unless they were actually going to make her the queen, bringing her up as the queen, maybe, like, we just would have looked worse. I
8: don't know. Sansa's not a real person. Okay, what she wants doesn't matter. She's a character, and the way she's written as a character just doesn't make any sense at this point. And the fact that she's the same stand aside, let everyone tramp over her, not speak up for herself, not be active. It just, yeah.
0: I wish like I suggested last episode that she had been written in a way where she was trying to take control and where her actions made sense and she was trying to consolidate power. But yeah, here she's poorly written. It's that simple. She's poorly written and they just don't know what to do with her.
3: One hypothetical explanation could not a very good explanation, but is that they're just trying to maintain some kind of ambiguity going into next season? Because if they just wrapped it up and, oh, Sansa's queen and everybody agrees, then there would be no, like, nothing to wrap up there next season to you spend a few episodes uh, figuring things out with John discovering that he's actually Targaryen and he's not a Stark. And
7: What I thought, basically, with the reasoning, not really in the story because I don't try to go that route, but overall, like, why would D&D pick John over Sansa? I think, honestly, because story-wise at least in game of th- in the show Jon's story has gotten a lot of focus just like the other now monarchs have gotten a lot of focus Cersei has had a lot of focus Danny of course has gotten a lot of focus and with Sansa it's honestly i they haven't given Sansa enough credit like she gets in the books Mm -hmm. they don't give her enough time in the veil honestly taking sansa north was the worst idea i would have rather she just had like this little intrigue plot in the veil and it just kind of shows her political savviness growing and growing rather than Oh. oh marry her off and then all of a sudden she's just kind of baggage yeah. at that point.
11: I, I think you hit on an Sansa. important point there, Paul, because there are a few characters in the show who've definitely felt more like protagonists than others. While in the books, everyone is sort of on an equal playing field. You know, you can say, based on how many chapters they get, someone might be more important than others. But, you know, Sansa and Arya and Jon and Daenerys are fairly level through most of the books, I would say. But in the show, you know... John is clearly the hero of, like, the northern branch of the story. So when Sansa shows up into his story, she becomes a supporting character, not her own character anymore, it feels like to me. Yeah. And that's true of a lot of the show where, you know, Brienne had her own story arc, and now she's been subsumed into Sansa and John's story, right? Like, she doesn't exist as her own character because... Where the fuck is she? Tr- Moat Kalen,
3: maybe? <laughs> I'm still never consistent on the rowing team
9: with <laughs> <laughs> finally that's another yeah, finding no, gendry uh, yeah. two points that i would have is one i i agree with uh paul an idea that Sansa should have stayed at the veil and consolidated power and then after like you see her power and intrigue and understanding bring the forces north and not have little bring the north and then to Katie and Casey's point if Sansa would have been built a stronger storyline five or six episodes and moving towards a goal and more overt it would have made an understanding that she just des- she more deserves power and like I know this is probably not a fair question but does John even want the throne at this point or like does he even care
1: well the last mm-hmm.
10: leadership position
9: he had ended and he up wants really to well fight the,
1: the others that's yeah. basically it
6: yeah I think that's was really only his concern. I, I feel like Sansa doesn't really understand that p- part of that that's going on. And no one in the
1: room seemed to get it either, did they? when he said like there's the you know the real enemy and maybe explain know. what you meant well
0: i hate to say it i don't think it i don't think it has anything to do with the fact that she's a woman and he's a man i don't think that's why they've put put john ahead the writers have put john ahead because i think they whether or not for the right reasons they clearly don't seem that they don't have an issue with putting putting one woman in power obviously but they they like like steven said like paul's like small paul said it's clear that that to some degree sansa has been subsumed by john's character arc he's a more for them he's a more Important character in this in this situation, and he's been leveraged as the the main fighter against against the the others, the main leader of the northern coalition, what have you. He just for them, at least at this point, for them, he is the main person.
6: I get that, well, but it does it just doesn't go along with the storyline that they've given, like the background that they've given. Oh, Westeros. I yeah,
8: I
4: agree.
6: It's they've just made her reactive
8: again and again, and that's yes. what I'm
6: tired of. Is that
8: She's not like she has maybe one or two very active moments, and the rest of her is just reacting to other people's actions. And yeah, I mean, that's her uh, that's a lot of her character in the book, but in her, the book, it's 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 different because she's largely a POV character that we see other people acting around her. It's much harder to do that on a TV show where it's like you need a character visually to be doing something to be fairly interesting. And uh.
6: yeah, I mean, like you're you guys are saying that. Just because like when we see Danny being like we we consider her like a strong female character here she she's basically that way because the the show gives her dragons they don't give her that much else to do but have a big speech every now and then and have her dragons spit fire like they don't like to develop cha- female well, characters No right
4: right Danny's very one dimensional.
10: Well, I I feel like Danny and it's the same with Book Danny, like feels like they don't need to develop her because she's the rightful ruler of Westeros. She believes that. Like the way George writes her, like, makes us wanna believe like like we need her over in Westeros. Like all her work over in Marine is bullshit and we don't need it because she needs to come over to Westeros and rule. And she believes that everything, you know, there should be no slavery. There should be no, you know, injustice and everything. So long as she is the ruler.
0: Yeah, and I think that I yeah. think they've shown that somewhat of her development to in that in a in arena. It's the same kind of thing in the book, right, where she kind of reconciles the the conqueror side of of Danny and the the peace. The peaceful, peacemaking side of Danny, And uh, it's not as well-developed here, but that's what they're going for. I think the show struggles in general to develop any character. You know, like, we look at Jamie mm-hmm. and he hasn't done much of anything character-wise for a couple seasons. Hasn't changed much. We don't really get his motivations either. It's mostly, like, he loves Cersei and wants to get back to her. And that's it. Tyrion, like, what is, has what is his character been for the last two seasons? It's just... Drunk, drunk Tyrion doling out witticisms. That's literally... He's pretty one-dimensional, too. Like He does, hasn't done much of anything, and I have no notion of what his arc is. I think the show just struggles to give these characters any kind of arc at this point. I think have hit the nail about right
8: about on, we... Uh, actually...
0: Yeah, we haven't yeah, talked we haven't... about it yeah.
8: Yeah, about the fact that he and Danny have had what two conversations in the entire show, but he's he believes in her. Yeah,
0: this is another this is another case again where I feel like they're doing these crescendo moments that feels so out of nowhere and so unearned. Where they have this moment and no, Tyrion screwed everything up. Why is he your hand? He never did anything beneficial, and you guys still don't know each other. You never had a moment where <laughs> you could build this relationship, but yeah, it's so you odd. could
8: have built I... it, but instead you pissed away Tyrion by having him trying to get Greywolves. Worm- and Miss Sandy to tell jokes for a full season what yeah. the hell and drink.
7: drink just saying oh, yeah. I can see the YouTube comments now well if you don't like the show why are you watching it <laughs> we, we do like the show you dumbasses why we're just are you critiquing guys it, it so, so we can bad. make it better
10: yeah surprisingly people do and they're mean Mm. We nitpick because we care. <laughs> <tear. laughs> as as Steven said
0: earlier, there's multiple levels you, you can enjoy and you can talk about this on. There's the level where you're just simply enjoying the, the drama of it, the the sequences, the moments and the, the fact that it's a, a TV show with a lot of really cool stuff in it. But uh,
4: I love the show because I care about it and I want it to be done in the best way possible. Yeah. And, and, and and so when when they fall short it, it really, really spurs me and, and you because know, I know it can be better. I want it's it to a, be good.
8: It's fun to complain. Let's be real. I think we're
11: analyzing the show, and when we analyze it, comes across as, like, biting criticism, right? Like, So, Zach, to your point, you use the term one-dimensional, and I think some of the best characters on the show are actually really one-dimensional characters. And perhaps the best example of this is Arya, right? Like, Arya is just a revenge story plain and simple and occasionally the drama comes from her feeling conflicted about it but otherwise it's just I'm out for revenge here we go like that's all she's been chasing for seasons now so we don't have to worry about complications has had a lot of back and forth a lot of changing circumstances and complications and that's harder to keep straight and keep right and the show probably suffers from having a gigantically bloated cast and a big story to try to tell to do anything other than very surface level characterizations.
9: Do you think that also kind of plays into how everybody loves these huge action set pieces where it's just go, go, go. And you don't really have to think and you just see like this visual explosion of colors and fighting and gore and violence.
11: So I think Jeff, like the best example for that is one of the most popular characters is Danny, right? Like Danny is pretty paper thin in a lot of ways. Like her sophisticated victim into um, active agent really was lost in the first two seasons. You know, basically she got into liberator speaking in a stilted, I am the queen way for the last four seasons. And we haven't really left that mode since I wasn't on the episode, but the one where she, blood of my blood where she gets on the dragon Giving a speech in Dothraki, like I couldn't roll my eyes harder, and I was shocked by how many reviews I I listened to who were saying like that was a great scene, that was amazing. It's like well, like maybe a simple storyline where you don't have five thousand pages of book material to back up like the inner motivations of all these characters, like a, a more straightforward tale with big set pieces works a lot better.
0: Would anyone got like to those. say any any final points on, on Sansa on the north on any of this before we go? I thought we were just talking about Danny. <laughs> I thought we'd move <laughs> to on, Danny by edit. now. Uh, uh, Danny. Characterization. That's all. Yeah. Okay. yeah. There, there's some did, some of these points are broader than one scene.
3: I did make a note when uh, John was saying that the enemy that's coming won't wait out the storm. He's the one that brings the storm. That was an echo when Euron said he's the one that brings the storm. So maybe Yeah. Right. the big fun. enemy. <laughs> Does
0: Euron say that in the show, though?
3: When he's confronting he right on before. the bridge.
11: Oh, yes, right. Yes. Yeah, he's like, I am the storm. Yeah, Euron That's is. all sacrilege, because he's talking about the storm god and all that.
0: Let's go to the second half of King's Landing, where Jamie and Bronn return from the Riverlands to find King's Landing on fire still. Jamie arrives in the Red Keep to witness the coronation of Queen Cersei Lannister, the first of her name. Cersei is the queen.
10: How the fuck did that happen? They didn't have a council? Uh, they're all dead,
0: man.
4: The, the, they're yeah, they're all uh, burned. Who would challenge her? <laughs> but set yeah. it up as as that she is queen by right of conquest, not not rightful queen.
11: I don't think it's about like it's not like she. But it's she, not she doesn't she didn't conquer anything. It's a coup. Like she she's in the capital and she displaced the legitimate government and killed all the internal opposition. Like yeah. Cersei doesn't control the Riverlands or the Westerlands, or the Vale, like, none of that is under...
10: This is all in the capital. She,
4: yeah, she has zero power base outside of King's Landing and what's immediately around her.
10: But yeah. even the minor, like, whatever, like, group is there of lords that... Crown land I'm guessing that she's gonna, like, give out massive lands to, but, like, they're not hers yet. This is a big step. It's... This is just furthermore of Westeros falling
11: into total chaos. Like, this is anarchy now. There is no rightful government. Like, what king does the Vale recognize now? Are they going to throw in with Jon Snow as king of the north and the... I mean, they were
10: all there, so might as well.
11: Right? Like, But that's weird. That's a strange thing to do.
10: Basically, it sets it up that
11: there's a massive power vacuum for Daenerys to fill in in the next season. That's probably the real
10: point of this. Did it bother anyone else that Varys wasn't the one that killed Kevin or Pycelle?
0: Yeah. No, it, why does it, that? Why does that matter? Why do we need that to happen? <laughs> why do? Pe- why are people bothered by that? <laughs>
4: because of how big of a game player that that Varys is, I think it takes away from it by taking that away from him.
3: He's
0: consolidating he, two but,
3: powerful but, houses. Uh, how is that not a great. player of the he game? He just orchestrated the biggest alliance in the history of, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, but
0: know. so anything else on King's Landing Part Two?
11: the The mood of it is really troubling. Like it's a super dark scene. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like almost evil, or at least tyrannical, despotic. Right? Like this is
0: yeah.
11: Cersei's going to be a horrible queen, and not just like the inefficient way that we're used to. Like it feels oh. like there will be blood in the streets.
6: There was anything yeah, sm- left in Cersei at, at this point? Like before that, it, it's gone now.
7: Yeah, for for all the fact that she is basically the villain now. She was looking like amazing, just sitting on the throne. Like she looked like an amazing villain. She is at the, that She is the
0: the super villain. It feels like it really. They that yeah. really
7: came across the super villain who has no allies and is totally going right. to get squashed. Oh, when yeah.
0: she'll three be major killed. houses <laughs> yeah, land. She'll, she'll either be killed by Arya or this giant unstoppable fleet of of Daenerys that, that's coming. It was it was interesting that, that Jamie Jamie's so devoted
10: to Cersei even looks
0: a little horrified by the uh, this
10: turn of events. Was that horrified or just like interested or like disgusted? You seem troubled, like this is
11: unsettling.
7: He leaves, comes back, the seps like destroyed. House Tyrell is near extinction. Tommen is dead. I,
10: I think Jaime is going to be the first ever Kingslayer slash Queenslayer.
3: Oh, okay. You think Queen he's going to kill? Slayer. You think he's going to kill? Cersei? Double combo. I know. Well, he's a it, popular for the Alencar win card choice.
11: Right. It actually makes a lot of sense now because if she starts. You know, if she basically says to burn King's Landing
3: before Daenerys can take it, then he'll repeat history and kill her again. Because Cersei, yeah, she, in that action, she kind of did what Ares wanted to do and just blow people up for the, the heck of it. I have,
6: I have a question, though. Like, you know how the, the wildfire, we got that, like, a little bit of it before with Bran's um, visions. Do you think that maybe this that whole scene with Jamie killing the king could be a flashback callback? Like, flashback future prophecy of Jamie That's
7: history. why he looked like he does right now. It was a mixture wow. of past and present yeah. or future.
6: Dun, dun, dun.
8: Well, if what if he fails to kill her, she blows up the red keep and that's why there's snow falling into the red keep in Danny's vision in the House of the Undying.
9: Is Jamie going to become Lord uh, Lannister next season, or is he going to become the king, Lord Commander again, or nobody cares?
6: I don't think they care about Casterly Rock at all.
9: <laughs> More
11: seriously, I think the fact that things are getting so chaotic in Westeros, these questions are just difficult to answer in any kind of reality. Right? Like, Jamie might be the... He's essentially the Lord of Casterly Rock now, but that doesn't yep. mean anything, so we can move forward. There's no Tyrells left. We can not worry about that. We can move forward because there's going to be bigger fish to fry in the coming season.
7: Out of sight, out of mind.
11: Yeah. Like, they're going to be, like, there's going to be an invasion of essentially a foreign queen and monsters made of ice coming over the wall. Let's not worry about titles. Whoa.
10: How are they getting over the wall? Or the wall goes down.
0: Magic. Grappling hooks, you know, whatever. Yeah. Freezing oh, Cersei like planted
10: uh, wildfire underneath the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean,
0: there's plenty of reasons why they why could they could blow the wall up. You know, they could they could blow the not existent Horn of Jorahmen, and they could use Bran's Ice Mark, anything else. No, yeah,
3: no. Fun. No, we're trying to stretch in there. <laughs> Is Cersei going to be the only one opposing Danny now? Is everybody else team yeah, Danny and help? It,
7: it feels like I mean Jonas... I couldn't see I... like John and Sansa being like, Oh yeah, because like what fighting force do they have?
6: Well, I, I don't know. I I feel like the North's kind of like their own thing. Like that this is yeah. why I wanted to be the war of three queens instead of two queens and one king. But like the North they hate the Lannisters. They hate the Targaryens because of what they think they did to Liana. So and what they actually did to Brandon and Rickard. So it, I feel like there's not right. going to be like it, which, at one point it might be the Lannisters in the North against Danny for some reason,
4: which is why Danny dumped Dario so that she he, she can marry John. It's very transparent. Just <laughs> boo,
3: boo. Mm. I think they're going to be more uh, happy with her dragons killing the White Walkers than they are with her past about what who did what to what family.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: True. Um, I don't really see them holding a grudge for like. Oh, your dad burned someone alive, but yeah. But like, how
6: how fast are we gonna get the the others coming over? Like, I feel like we have like what t- the one and a half seasons left-ish?
0: Yeah, I just I, it, I it's so weird for me to think about what's gonna happen next, right? Because if it's as simple as they they deal with Cersei and then go fight go fight the others, that that's not interesting, right? That,
3: that's I, I guess nice. Euron is hanging around somewhere waiting to do something.
10: Maybe uh, murder people. I can
4: see yeah. Euron throwing in
10: with Cersei. Mm-hmm.
4: Really? He's going to, yeah. Be like, I How, thought he I'm wanted right? the Dragon Queen.
9: Yeah, but when he realizes that door is closed, he looks elsewhere. Yeah. So, speaking of the parallel of the Aegon's conquest, would it be kind of funny if Danny just rolls in and burns all the ships before Euron can do anything? <laughs> That'd
0: be pretty good. We've we've talked about it, but yeah, let's, let's let's talk a little bit more about about the uh, the Danny sequence before we wrap it all up here. So, in the Bay of Dragons, Daenerys meets with Dario and informs him that he will be staying in Maureen to keep the city in order. Dario, despite his reluctance to leave the Dragon Queen, accepts the order. Danny goes to Tyrion and confesses her complete lack of feeling for Dario, despite his devotion to her, and Tyrion says he wasn't the first man to love her. And won't be the last. Danny names Tyrion her Hand of the Queen. Tyrion getting emotional at the return of his old post. Sometime later, having been joined by Varys and the Tyrell and Dornish forces, Danny's <laughs> navy sets out for Westeros as Drogon, Viserion, and Rhaegal fly above her massive invasion fleet.
9: Do the Dithraki just stand guard the entire time? The unsullied? Yeah. Suck me. <laughs> later, <Jeff. laughs>
0: What do the dragons do? Where do they sleep?
11: <laughs> I I would assume that the fleet hugs the coast so that they can just stay on land when they need to.
10: Well, it's a little known fact that uh, dragons are like sharks, so they have to keep on move uh, moving and
4: moving, enables. otherwise live. Yeah, that's why they don't sleep. They just yeah. Right, right. They have to they
10: have to be in Except constant motion. You know, I, I
0: didn't know that about dragons, Matt. Thank you for pointing. Oh,
10: yeah, out. you're welcome.
0: Bringing
9: knowledge. It is Dragon yeah. Week, right? So. Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody think that when danny was first talking to Tyrion, it was gonna be Tyrion gives the whole like man it really sucks when you have to let somebody go and then danny just looks at him and be like yeah you can't come to <laughs> oh,
4: i thought she was gonna be like i have a gift for you oh here's a brand new dragon
3: that would have been even more know. overkill than what they did yeah
4: right
11: i thought it was touching like i thought like Tyrion's reaction—it got me a little bit. Tyrion is like a highly competent person who is constantly dismissed because of his disability and his, you know, kind of position in society. But he's highly competent. Yet no one has recognized him for his competence except for Varys. So for someone to turn around and say, "You are a competent advisor, and I want you to lead my government," like that's like he's been looking for acceptance his entire life, and this is someone providing it to him. In very clear fashion,
10: father gave him the same
11: confidence,
0: but only as a token. You know, he just he knew that he had no one else to do it, and it was
4: temporary. And he, I don't think he I'm busy. Really right, go and do it, my it, job
11: and his father didn't make him hand he made him acting hand and took it away from him and then dismissed him and put him off to the side
3: it's very debatable yeah. how competent and effective he's been this season he's just been <laughs> exactly. kind of making mistakes and drinking and joking and not doing anything Exactly right. in the
0: abstract sense Stephen your point makes sense and I, I can understand what, that, that would be a cool build up but again this is the problem is they don't justify that they don't build up any action on Tyrion's <laughs> part that would make sense for Danny to trust him and for him to have any faith in her Really.
11: The character is supposed to be the smart, competent guy who doesn't get anything. We don't see him being smart and competent. Like that's that's the problem, right? Well, like under, I, as a character, we understand who he is. As like an actor performing a role in *Marine*, not like not Peter Dinklage, but Tyrion as an active force. Like we don't see what he's supposed to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? The distinction yeah. there. It, it's on yeah. us. Mm. To,
0: it's on us to to see who he's supposed to be, not who they show him as.
4: Yeah. <laughs> So, like, the whole Kinvara thing, is that all done now? Because she didn't bring any red priests or anyone that needs, needs you know, religion with her. So, is that done? Is that just a means to an end?
3: I think it will resurface in some capacity, but it was more just to, like, placate the people and get them kind of gung-ho, Gant, Danny, Queen of Fire.
4: Like, does she even know about the White Walkers? Has she ever, like, received any information about the long night or anything in that kind of context is she gonna even fucking know what's going on when she hears about it As
11: i know right like that's never yeah. come up in marine that the white walkers
0: are coming
4: yeah i guess it obviously it'll come up
0: <laughs> at some point
4: yeah. obviously so instant role reversal you know nothing daenerys targaryen says john snow
10: king john snow please <laughs> king King Formalities.
0: John, John we, Sand, we, we must keep them. King John Sand Snow Stark Targaryen, the Winter King,
4: the first the Why? Why did he get White the name Wolf. John? By the way, why did they name him John? I
11: have no. Because well, Aeryn
4: Ar- Stark, Stark would have been like. But why would Lyanna name
11: him After John Aaron? Well, what if, like, what if Lyanna named him
10: Rhaegar or something? Ned can't do that. Right. So he would that's have probably have to what happened. It's probably some Targaryen. Well, d- d- isn't Isn't that what like? She said it's like her, his name is like Aga- Aegon A something Targaryen. Aegon? Aegon? <laughs> I'll take it.
4: Aegon. <laughs> take this child. It is Aegon. <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> it stupid. may be Targaryen.
0: <laughs> so, anything else? It was cool to see her fleet sailing. She's going to Westeros. Another meta moment with Tyrion. How about we talk about how the fact that this is actually happening? <laughs> Finally, <laughs> yeah,
10: yeah. Tyrion, isn't that what he actually says to her? That's literally what he, he like, winks
7: at the camera too.
10: Oh, that <laughs> this last is thing. actually happening. You have your army, you have your ships, and we're going.
9: How about the fact that like the Tyrell and Dor- Dornish alliance is based upon hating the Lannisters, but Danny has a Lannister as the hand of the king of the queen.
10: Yeah, well,
9: she she's probably like, uh, yeah. This it's well, not this a
10: one's hate a good of
3: the one. Lannisters. It's a hate of Cersei Lannister. No. And Tyrion hates Cersei Lannister. Tyrion didn't blow up the set.
0: Anything else? Anything else on uh, on Game of Thrones season six that anyone would like to say before we wrap it up for another season of Game of Thrones here, at Dragon Cat.
11: After hours of complaining, that was a great episode and a really good season. <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah,
0: I mean, it's, yeah. In spite of all the all the the shit that we throw at it, I I like watching Game of Thrones. Especially. We do it because we.
7: It care. was a really
6: good episode and a really good. Season and I'm slightly. I'm actually really sad it's over because I don't get to do this for a while. I'm definitely yeah. less
8: stressed out watching the show versus the yeah. last few seasons. I was just. I don't think I was. I was enjoying it, but at this point, all bets are off. It's much easier just to to sink in and let it wash over you. Is anyone
0: <laughs> quitting the show?
8: No. no. All
4: right. Is all, that Rubicon. All all right. it People are yeah, quitting.
3: Already quit.
4: Right. <laughs> uh, in for a penny, in for a pound. Now. That's true. With, with that said,
10: when do we get the Winds of Winter? We just got real? it,
4: Matt. We just got in it in book night. form, yeah. friends. Dan I, and Dave just I, wanted to say that they they wrote it first. <laughs> well, yeah, like, hey guys, we hey gave hey it guys,
10: to hey you guys, first. Hey
6: guys, hey say, guys. Say, the Winds of Winter are going to be great this year. <laughs> oh,
0: jeez, boom, <laughs> boom. Right. Casey. Don't boom. remind us.
6: <laughs> I think
8: the show will be over before we get the book.
0: I think that's probably true. I don't think that's uh, true. At the very I least, stopped. it feels like the show is two more seasons, right? So that's two years. Is it going to take them two more years?
11: Like, optimistically, I say fall 2018 is when we'll get the book.
10: Oh, hope is... Okay, the- so so the series, they're saying they're cutting down their season numbers. Why? Why wouldn't they just do one... Like, I mean, they blew through the season. I because yeah. they... They, shit and they, they want feel like out.
0: they need more than 10, <laughs> but less than 20, which makes sense. They definitely do not need 20.
10: Yeah, but they're like talking like seven and six. It's like, okay. Breaking you, Bad you, and, you guys can't um, just do a 13 season final we're just season. Gonna... A lot of uh,
11: prominent shows have done this for their final seasons. Um, Mad Men. Mad
10: Men. Which Breaking Bad. Fucking Yeah,
8: Lost. Lost. Like a lot. Like oh my
10: god. Yeah. Okay, so we just brought up three of the most awful things ever.
8: <gasps>
10: right. From splitting up a final season. Breaking Bad? I don't think that
8: one. <laughs> lost, no, lost is a gem. Oh,
10: well,
8: no. And as how, Adam uh, just pointed
11: out in the chat, it allows him to drag it out, make more money off
7: the show. That's how D&D are going to end the season. The so, John's going to wake up. And be, he'll be in Winterfell. It'll be like the day before Robert Baratheon arrives. He'll be like, oh, it was all a dream. You know what? I, I will mind. fucking
10: murder people. <laughs> I don't. I will murder people if that is if that's what happens. uh, If they pull like Jr. from Dallas, that in no way could possibly happen. (laughs) Just
4: just in case D and D actually get murdered, we're gonna say Varley believes that in his mind, so that Mm -hmm. way this cannot be used as evidence against him in a court of law.
3: That would be fun if our podcast got to be a piece of evidence. <laughs> <laughs> if we
4: can, have to live an
2: entire
0: we podcast. Be, they can do a true crime podcast about our podcast.
4: That'd be <laughs> man. Awesome. I can't wait. Next, now on the dollop, a, a, a American history podcast about a bunch of fucks that The about Witness
10: books. was actually a podcast <laughs> where Varley actually said
4: he would murder people a <laughs> bostonian went mad and killed two creators of the the, the, the show <laughs> all
0: right well that's that's Dragoncast, everybody this is it so thank you all very much for joining me for all this for all of you who've been on a bunch thank you very much especially shout outs to adam matt and katie for the being the only people who went on all 10 Dragoncasts. so Kudo, kudos to you guys for for doing that. So yeah,
10: congrats to Adam because
0: yeah
4: he pulled it. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's commitment indeed.
6: And thanks Zach for hosting all of these.
4: I've well, In keeping Zach. up with everything. Well,
6: and the yeah. editing. Yeah, for really.
0: Editing
10: <laughs> thanks Zach.
0: I'm happy to. Yeah. You. you guys, you guys make it so easy to edit. It's no problem. <laughs> so easy. No,
6: I'm sure this one will be the easiest. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah,
11: three hours, is no problem, right? <laughs> right,
0: and thanks, hey, that's chill <laughs> Yeah, and thanks everyone for, for joining us every listener for joining us on, on the Dragoncast journey. I'm sure that it's been an interesting ride for you too. If you if you would like if you, if you would like to yell at us or otherwise comment on the, on the show, you can do so at the VOK podcast WordPress, on the podcast Device and fire forums, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Tinder, on Grindr, on Blitzen, on on all of them.
4: I on Grinder soon watch. on 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 all gaze or the Gaze Night yeah, Out look podcast forward to that. too. Since
0: since Dragoncast is over, would anyone like to shout out any upcoming podcasts that will be happening?
4: Which are yeah, well Gaze Night Out. There you go. Yeah, that's Gaze fun. Gaze Night Out. That's gonna be fun. We're gonna have uh we're we're going to be setting up a a fake grinder account and having messages written li- <laughs> live on you can the look air. Look forward to that it's, content.
10: Up. So yes. Mean. Oh, there are it's, gonna be so many dicks
4: on that one. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, Pretty pretty awesome.
0: Any other podcasts, <laughs> people?
11: So I have a few in the works, but I don't want to get specific until they are scheduled and getting ready.
3: Fair enough. Someday oh.
11: Twin Peaks will come
4: back. All right, cool. and Battlestar you know, and- is coming back Battle as well. Coming back.
3: Sometime Harry Potter will come out, and then we'll do the next Harry
10: Potter after that.
4: Eventually, yeah. That and uh, actually,
10: last weekend we did Godfather One uh, full movie commentary, and I guess <laughs> the. Next day, they did Godfather yeah, 2. I wasn't part of that, I look but... look forward to as well. And you said Witcher, Paul? Is that happening still? Katie? Uh, well, That's fine.
7: Katie's doing the video game, and I'm going to be
0: doing the books. Oh, cool, okay. So I need to that. I'm
7: probably going to do... I'm probably going to have... I'm just probably going to wait till Katie does the Witcher video games, and then...
0: I'm sad because I, I'm not going to be able to be on that because I have not played the full game and I've been on every video game V O K before now. So
8: we can uh, wait. No, it's right. fine.
0: Yeah.
8: How long? <laughs> I read the we first book, okay? okay.
0: How long can we
9: wait?
8: <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played the DLC and I can't afford them, so I I don't know. <laughs> maybe, It'll maybe I'll be have soon. time.
9: Yeah, we'll see. I'm replaying the game right now, so I have a solid. 200 hours left. So we're good.
8: It's so long. It's so long.
9: And the DLC is just as That's long. That's what she as said. Play like both of them.
8: I gotta <laughs> say that, okay. And he.
9: But a new game plus is like 20 times faster because you have all your shit. So like you just slaughter through people.
8: We'll see.
10: It'll yeah. be soon. And, and the linear rebreed is coming back shortly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um so is uh the psycho serial killer one? We're actually trying to figure out who we want to talk about for the next yeah. one. You guys are running out of serial killers. It's, no, there's still that's many. why I'm,
7: that's why Matt has to kill D and D.
10: No, we're trying to actually do people that like don't have current survivors and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so Matt's looking for qualified. historical stuff. If you guys want to, you know, throw in any like ideas. What do you?
0: That that is it for Dragoncast. So thank you guys again very much, and, and we'll be back with more VOKs surely to come. So
10: that's it. Bye bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Don't call me Shirley.
1: Drown still on the forums Also, I'm really high on painkillers And that's different now? No, alright This is Steven S.J.E. on the forums
10: <laughs> sit, sit down, Matt just sit
2: down. You just kept going Sorry, do it
0: again you like, okay
10: so, <laughs> <Do-do-do>.
0: Huge ball <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> I just saw it,
2: sorry.
0: Biggest ball so, I actually did step away orange. for a couple minutes So talk amongst yourselves, so far
1: Ugh, that's Zach America's?
0: Oh, I know Why
7: <laughs> oh,
1: are you worse. still awake
6: Adam?
0: He stole my voice
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul I'd
6: say that you stole his voice
4: Nah <laughs> But not his face
1: Well that was nice I'm actually wearing his face right now You just can't tell <laughs> Oh <laughs> Jesus
4: Is that why you can't feel it <laughs> <laughs>
1: what was that? Was that Twilight Zone?
10: I think he was supposed to be Twilight Zone.
1: Yeah, my 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 voice is off right now. Okay, they took out my tonsils and my adenoids, and I'm like a whole octave off, I think. You oh. just sound so inebriable. You just do, 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 do. Yeah, man, Another octave things. and key, I think. Yeah, man, there's yeah. another...
6: I keep on mistaking Adam for Katie, actually.
1: <laughs> oh, what? Jesus.
4: Okay. You Jesus, know, Jesus to I, Christ. i do not the whether I'm in so, <laughs> so, Katie's in So, Casey,
7: Casey is on record as saying Katie sounds like a doped-up Adam. No! <laughs> the other one
1: around yeah I'm like I'm a, I'm at a higher pitch right now
4: so, alright I'm back are we all yeah alive? you can play Varus next time we do a full castle oh, <laughs> oh Zach you miss so much
5: oh, oh, I like God. how Kenny just responds in the chat
4: the VOK
1: boys oh, saying <laughs> Jesus
5: Christ <laughs> sorry I got a Charlie
0: horse <laughs> are you okay Greg
5: I'm fine alright shoots my leg out but... alright I'm going. I should have muted. All right, continue.
10: <laughs> what all just right. happened? Did you fall off your chair? <laughs> yeah.
5: it... No, I get these spasms, and then I shoot my leg out and I have to run around. It's... Never mind. Carry on. We're you... excited.
10: <laughs> <laughs> we might want to get this looked at, man. If you have spasms yeah. and then you need to run
4: around, <laughs> how do you drive?
5: I have to walk it off. I just have to. I'm blind. <laughs> fine. Fine.
4: He
3: walks it off while he drives. I
10: see here, Jesus.
3: Were you tortured by the Gurkish?
10: Never mind. Well, you can be the. <laughs> but he ain't got no legs,
1: oh. Lieutenant Brand. <laughs> Lieutenant Brand ain't got no legs.
3: <laughs> now that was a good joke. Uh, that,
1: that's from say.
0: Forrest Gump. It's a movie from the nineties, Casey. <laughs> where...
6: I've seen that movie multiple times. Stop it. Run, Casey, Runner, run! Runner. Runner. I don't <laughs> <up>. Jesus. <laughs>
4: Jenny, actually, yeah. Jenny, Jenny, and Tommen kind of play the same role. They kind of stand on the ledge together. Another parallel. But blackbird like
10: no. from Fall from Tommen did more of the uh, girl in the opening scene of the first Lethal Weapon movie.
1: Jeez. Casey, Lethal Weapon was a movie <laughs> series that started about mid '80s, starring Mel Gibson. And, I, I'm uh, going to that I think Matt just killed that joke right now. <laughs>
0: So, um, do we have anything else to say?
3: About this
5: <laughs> Please uh, continue in that accent for the rest of the.
3: <laughs> do you think we'll get made... any any uh, scenes of Mira just straight up dragging Brand through the snow, like by his foot?
7: I just want yeah. I just how want else?
3: Oh, that's what we're getting, right?
10: Right. By the scruff of his neck and just but whatever. Mira's gonna. Like get a young sapling and bend it backwards. Mira's and training it. Oh, Shoot brand
0: up into the air. Mira's training for the uh, the strong woman competition, so she needs to get all the training she can get.
7: Then she has to climb the wall with him on her back.
5: <laughs> yeah, I hope she's just gonna knock on the door until they open it. That's pretty much the plan, right? Dolores, yeah. the black Dolores. Open Dolores. Up. <laughs> Malva. <laughs> Seinfeld. KC, Seinfeld. That was a joke. <laughs> that, the joke is
4: still so funny.
7: Do. Wait, oh, wait, sorry. wait, wait, wait. Did we get tits this episode?
4: Yes, yeah, no, we did. They
9: belong to a woman with oh, a Oh yes. Oh okay. We met the quota, guys.
5: <laughs> for, for a second so I'm fun. like, we didn't see Spicel's boobs in this episode.
9: <laughs> no. Dumb Dumb. 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 Guys.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>